We are so excited you've decided to listen to this week's sermon podcast. Hey, we release sermon podcasts weekly, so be sure to follow us and hit that notification bell so you can be notified when episodes are released. God bless and enjoy. Let's stand together and give the Lord a great hand clap of praise. Did y'all hear the power in that hand clap? That sounded like absolute authority. Let's do that one more time. Let's give the Lord a hand clap. We're honored that you're here. If if you're a guest here in our Sunday school hour, we don't do... uh, any music or uh, that that type of praise and worship. So it's a 10 to 1045, uh, more of a lesson. Somebody might get wound up and preach a little bit, uh, but it's it's a little different. But at 11 o'clock, stuff happens. and uh, But uh, there's going to be a great word here at 10 o'clock. I'm honored. I told you on Wednesday that Brother Meeks is going to come back, and here's what I told you. I said, we're going to end up having to pay some preacher somewhere to get him off of their schedule, but I just feel like it's a good time, and uh, and it just worked out who he was working for, uh, who he was working for, who he was preaching for this weekend, happened to be a, a close friend of mine from Louisiana, and uh, he said, I didn't have to pay today, but I owe him, and uh, so, but I just feel like it's, it's the right time, it's the uh, the right season, and the Lord put all this kind of together, I believe, because we've got like four of our other ministers that would be preaching today, going deer hunting and vacationing and just old sinful stuff, you know. I mean, uh, but we hope they kill a big one. Hope they have a big time, take pictures, whatever they go to do. But I'm excited about Brother Scott Meeks being here today. I'm going to be slipping out a little early today, so y'all are going to have altar service without me. And uh, I'm going to go travel this evening and see a friend and uh, be in church with them in Vider, Texas. And uh, I'm, I'm excited about that. And so we don't have a service here this evening, so I'll enjoy that. But Brother Meeks is here. Brother Brian Emerson's here. The bishop is here late, but he'll be here. And uh, it's going to be a great, great time. Are you ready to hear the word of the Lord? Let's give the Lord another hand clap to all of our guests. We're honored you're here. And don't be scared. All we do is just have good church. And you're among the best. I love you. God bless you. Brother Meeks, let's just give Brother Meeks a hand clap. Honor him for being with us today. Well, it's good to be back in Terrell. And, uh, you know, yeah, we had plans to... uh, be here as soon as possible, but God said, no, I want it sooner than that, and uh, you know what? I'm just thankful that we were able to make it, make it happen. I am truly excited about what God is doing. We we hear enough of the the negative. We hear enough of the the despairing. We, We hear on the news every day of how the crazy is becoming normal. In fact, they called it the new normal. I'm sorry. Some things are just never going to be normal. They're just going to be what they've always been, a little left, a little, a little bit out there. But I'm thankful that even in the midst of, 
of, of seasons of sadness, seasons of insanity, times of trouble or trial, we have a God who is faithful. We have a God who is consistent. And can I tell you, there is power in consistency. There is the, the, the vehicle of revival in faithfulness. Amen. The Bible says that to every man God has given a measure of faith. Now whether we exercise that or not is, 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 one, is another thing. But what we need to realize is that in the realm of faith, that's where God operates. You want God to move on your behalf? Start stepping out in faith. Start speaking faith. God is able. It's indeed an honor to be here again. I give a high honor to your pastor. Love them dearly. And I'm just excited with you about all that God has for you. But today in, in, in the lesson, and I am excited to uh, be here again in the measure of teaching and in the 11 o'clock hour of preaching. But, uh, you know, it's not often that I get to teach. And so I'm, I'm excited for this opportunity. Um, but uh, let, let me back up. It, it has happened uh, more times than I thought in the last few months. Uh, I've, I've been asked to uh, come in and teach and, and speak on different levels. And, and I'm thankful for everything that God is doing. But today I want to teach on the subject, the life of Riley. The life of Riley. Now you may wonder, what, what is this regarding? Well, if you look up the, the saying, the life of Riley, it, it correlates to a man in Ireland in the 1800s whose life was so far above all those around him that everyone began to just casually and socially speak. Oh, I want to have the life of Riley. He lived in such a higher plane and he lived in such a place of privilege that people would say, I would love to have the life of Riley. Well, can I tell you today as a child of God, you have the life of Riley. Lord, we love you today. We thank you for your presence, for your power, for your promise, God. I pray that you would anoint me to say what you would have me to say. Anoint every ear to hear what you would have them to hear. In the name of Jesus, I give you all the praise. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated in the name of the Lord. This morning, I, I, I feel to speak a word of encouragement. A word of hope today. A man was coming to America via passenger boat and the journey was a three-month journey from where he was to where he wanted to go. And every day around lunchtime, he would pass by the large glass-enclosed cafeteria where food and drink abounded and everyone was, was eating and drinking and having a good time. And he would sit outside because he, he, he didn't have access to the cafeteria and he would sit 
on a bench in his corner outside, and he would eat and drink his his, uh, provisions. He would hear the conversations, and he would hear the laughter as he sat outside and ate his meager meals. But one day, he was asked, would you like to come inside? Would you like to come on in to the cafeteria? And he, he, he very quickly raised his hand and said, No, I, I thank you for the invitation, but my ticket was only for passage, not for meals to be included. <laughs> the man that had invited him inside said, Sir, oh, you were, mis, you were misinformed. When you purchased a ticket, It didn't just include passage. It included all the food and all the drinks that you would desire for the journey. He endured that journey, if I can say it like that, never realizing until the last moments that his ticket included in its price everything that he never took advantage of. Can I tell you today, as a child of God, we do not have to live beneath the privileges that God has made available. Well, you know, that that, that sounds good, but... You know, I don't pray as much as brother so-and-so or I don't fast as much as sister so-and-so or I'm not this or I'm not that like they are. First of all, the Bible says, compare not yourselves among yourselves. In other words, don't gauge where you are by those around you because if you gauge where you are by those around you, you'll begin to gauge what you can be by the atmosphere around you as well. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 13, uh, our, our text for the lesson this morning. Colossians chapter 2, begin reading verse, thing, uh, verse 13. And you, being dead in your sins... And the uncircumcision of your flesh hath he quickened together with him, having forgiven you. All trespasses. Verse 14. Blotting out the handwriting of ordinances that was against us which was contrary to us and took it out of the way, nailing it to his cross. Verse 15. And having spoiled principalities and powers. I love this. He made a show of them openly, triumphing over them in it. Of all the things you had that were weighing down your life, that was baggage, 
that was the, the, the reason you couldn't live an overcoming life and you weren't going to be able to be identified as a child of God. The Lord said, first of all, everything you need was done at Calvary. And secondly, I have spoiled all the principalities and all the powers and I've made a show of them publicly, if you would, triumphing over them, beating them, and literally, if I can say it in Alabama vernacular, putting them in their place. Again, I want to speak to us today about the life of Riley. There's an old children's Sunday school song. It says, this little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. This little light of mine, I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. Hide it under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Hiding under a bushel, no. I'm going to let it shine. Let it shine, let it shine, let it shine. As I was thinking about and putting this lesson together today, that little song came to my mind. And what it is saying is this, don't be afraid of who you are. Let it shine. Don't be afraid of where you are in the dark. Because you've got the power to transform the darkness into light. But in order for that to happen, you've got to let it shine. Even if you are surrounded by the darkness and despair, as a child of God, you already have all you need. You've just got to let it shine. The devil wants to keep you downtrodden by your struggles, by your past, by your weaknesses. But God says in 2 Corinthians chapter 12 and verse 9, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength, I love this. See, we think it's all about us. Well, I ain't prayed enough. Well, we always need to pray more. Well, I haven't read my Bible enough. Well, you always need to read your Bible more. Well, I've not fasted enough. Well, you need to fast. The Bible says some things come only by prayer and fasting. But the Lord said, my grace is sufficient for thee. For my strength is made perfect, hold on, in weakness. In other words, when you're weak, then I'm strong. You see, we, we think it's the other way around in this day and age, in this world we're living in. We've got to be strong to be strong. No. Spiritually, you've got to be weak to be strong. That's why Paul said, I die daily. He didn't literally mean He's going to kill himself. What he meant was, i got to get me out of the way. Because I'm limited. I have boundaries. I have borders. I have uh, only so far I can go and so much I can do. But if I can just get old Scott Meeks out of the way, 
There is a God inside me who has no limit, has no border, has no boundary. And the Bible says it's his good pleasure. First John chapter 5 and verse 4. First John chapter 5 verse 4. For whatsoever, can, can you throw that, that one up there, scripture? Uh, brother, I want, I want everybody to read this scripture. First John 5 and 4. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. You're dismissed. God bless you. That's all you need to know right there. For whatsoever is born of God overcometh the world. And this is the victory that overcometh the world, even our faith. As I stated last Sunday, the devil can't hurt you until you forget who you are. But then we look in the book of Acts and the book of Acts says, and ye shall receive power. Why do you think the devil wants to play mind games with you? Because you've got power, you've got dominion, you've got authority inside of you through the power of the Lord that is inside of you. And the devil doesn't want you to release it. He doesn't want you to let it out. You shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Everything about being a Christian is the exercise of spiritual power. Look at your neighbor in this this Sunday morning session and tell him, you're an overcomer. Can Can I be so bold as to add this last addendum? Now act like it. You are victorious. Now let it flow. We have, according to the word of God, the spirit of a sovereign God within us. When we walk in him, when we have his spirit inside of us, do you understand who you have living inside of you? You've got the one that said, peace be still. You've got the one that said, let there be light. You've got the one that said, I'll breathe the breath of life in them. In other words, there's no storm he can't calm. There's no darkness he can't do away with. If there's nothing dead, he can't bring back to life. Looking at the life of Jesus. I love this, this adaptation of, of, the, of the humanizing of Jesus, if you would. Because it's, it's easy to, to say, well, that's Jesus. I mean, we've all even said, well, I ain't Jesus. Well, you've got Jesus inside you. But the Bible tells us Jesus was enjoying a wedding. 
And while they're enjoying a wedding, he performed a miracle. What that tells me is this. There was no division between his secular life and his sacred life. What are you saying, Brother Meeks? Well, when you have Jesus in your life, it's more than just a Sunday salvation. You are anointed of God in church and out of church. You're just as anointed on Blue Monday as you are on Sanctified Sunday. You've got the same power of God in this church setting right now as you will have in school this week, as you will have on the job this week, as you will have in your living room today or this week. You you know, the devil wants you to think, well, you, you don't have what it takes. You're right, I don't in myself. But if I have the Lord, I've got all I need. Looking at the life of David, before he ever walked into a throne room as a 40-year king of Israel, he had to battle a lion, a bear, and a giant in the valley. The truth is, you will never reach your throne room avoiding your giants. Before he ever got to the throne room, he had to fight a Goliath. Well, let me, let me back up. He didn't have to fight. He just had to show up. I mean, let, let's be honest. I know they got those, those rocket-propelled, uh, what do you call them, things? Slingshots nowadays where, you know, these guys that are, that are amazing, they, they can shoot birds out of the sky with, with a slingshot. That thing is turbocharged. Well, back in the day, I'm sorry, you read about it. They didn't have the equipment. They didn't have the the technicalities that we have today. What David was familiar with is what God used to defeat his greatest enemy. What we've got to do is quit thinking, well, when I fasted 465 days this year, when, when, when I prayed 28 hours a day, you get what I'm saying? Then God can use me. Honey, God can use you on a blue Monday at noon at an intersection where the enemy has you surrounded. God can use you on aisle seven at Walmart. I'm not sure if I told y'all this, but uh, uh, we we pastored in in the St. Louis area and uh, just felt God shifting our ministry. And after 17 years, I resigned the church. Church is doing awesome and and uh, you know, I'm, I'm thankful for that. But we, we felt time to transition. And we, we uh, after a, a, a time, we sold our house and we uh, moved to DeRitter, Louisiana, my wife's hometown. And, and uh, yeah, I, I base out of there. Um, they won't mind me telling this, but a, a young couple that was uh, in our church, they, we moved uh, close to this time last year. 
uh, in fact, it was, it was Thanksgiving week that we moved to DeRitter. And uh, it was uh, probably mid-December, early January, I got a phone call from a young couple in our church, and they said, hey, Brother Meeks, how you doing? I said, well, I'm doing great. Good to see you. Good to hear from y'all. How's everything going with y'all? Doing great. Hey, I got a quick question. Now, mind you, it's 14 hours from, from St. Louis to DeRitter. That, that's, that's not just a little jaunt around the corner. That, that's a journey. They said, hey, what do you think about us uh, driving all the way to DeRitter and you baptizing us in Jesus' name and marrying us? Now, you've got to understand, well, of course I'm going to say yes. I didn't even know they wasn't married. They, they, they came to church about two or three times a year. That, that was about it. But I was their pastor. Our church was, was their home church. But God had a plan. Well, long story short, uh, they come down. We, we baptize them. I marry them. And uh, God began to move. They now live in DeRitter. <laughs> and they go to the church there and do an awesome God's filled with the Holy Ghost. I mean, great things are happening. But, but uh, uh, a couple of weeks ago, I had, I had some free, uh, for my birthday, some free golf passes at the country club there in DeRitter. And uh, so I asked Devin, the, the young man, I said, hey, you know, you had mentioned you're, you're starting to like golf. Why don't we go golfing and I'll cover you? You know, you, it won't cost you nothing. I didn't even realize I thought I was just connecting. I thought I was just doing something, you know, uh, to to just keep him connected. But little did I know that God had a bigger plan. I just had to get there. And when I got there, behind the counter was a woman that uh, walked away from God about 40 to 45 years ago. And she told me once she found out who I was and where, where you know, what I was doing. And uh, she, she graduated high school with my mother-in-law. And, and she said, you know, I've been out of church for about 40, 45 years. She said, but a few weeks ago, I began to think, I need to get back with God. I need to get right with God. I'm sitting there thinking, I'm just going to uh, have a frustrating day hitting the seven iron. But God said, no, I got something bigger in mind because I'm going to use you, if you'll let me, to speak to somebody and plant a seed that's been dried up for a long time, that's been dead ground for a long time. I didn't realize that when I went there, God would begin to speak to her about coming back to the Lord. Can I tell you today, God has a plan for each and every one of us. But that's why the devil fights you. That's why hell attacks you. That's why problems want to press you down. Because God wants to use you. But you see, again, it's not you or me. The Bible says it's Christ in us, the hope of glory. Therefore, we can't be afraid of, nor can we be worried about what the devil's up to. I mean, I remember those old time, 
y'all remember those old time testimony services? <laughs> some of them was awesome. Key word, some of them. I remember as a kid, this one lady, she, every time those, now, now, our church back in the day, it seemed like they had it weekly, testimony service. And every time this dear lady that had been in church since Noah, I mean, honestly, seriously, she'd been in church forever. And uh, her testimony was the same one every week. Y'all pray for me. The devil's been after me all week. Pretty sure that's his job. I mean, why are we surprised at the devil being the devil? What we've got to understand is we don't need to focus on what the devil's up to. We just need to focus upon J-E-S-U-S. Is it possible that the devil sees what you're capable of? And he's throwing everything he can at you to keep you from what God ultimately has for you. I believe you can have power over sin and you can have authority over Satan and all of his strongholds. I believe we can have power over addiction, over fear, over disease. We are the children of the Most High God. Can I just tell someone, it's not about the falling down, but it is all about the getting back up. You see, it's, it's not about us. I know I've already said that again, and you're probably going to hear it a few more times. But it's not about us. It's about the God in us. When we realize this and we rationalize that nothing, somebody say that word, nothing has authority over him. He casts out devils. He forgives sins. He heals sickness. He walks on water. He raises the dead. The wind and rain obey him. And then understand this. That's the power that lives in every child of God. The power to say peace be still. The power to say sickness be removed. The power to look the devil in the eye and say get thee behind me Satan. The power to live in this sinful world a powerfully overcoming life. In fact as a child of God you can look at every situation and you can declare I am more than a conqueror. Well, you sure think a lot of yourself. Well, finish the phrase or the verse. I am more than a conqueror through him that loves me. I've got two boys. One day y'all will meet them. Uh, Jagger's 11, Maverick's 4. And... uh, they're, they're, they're balls of energy. And I don't know what it is, but they get their greatest energy about 10 o'clock at night. 
Like, how can you be energized? I've starved you all day. <laughs> I'm just teasing. But the simple fact and reality is, those are my boys. Now, I want everybody to love them. And they're easy to love. But make no mistake about it, and, and, and I'm going to say this, and, and I hope you don't hold it against me, but there ain't nobody that can love them the way I love them. I love them boys. And if somebody even looks at them sideways, I hope I've prayed enough that day. If somebody says something to them, oh my God, I hope I have fasted and prayed. Not kidding. I, you know, I was raised that... Uh, you know, my mom said, hey, if my boys need correcting, you correct them. I'm like, mom, come on. <laughs> but we have a heavenly father who loves you and a, at a level you can't even fathom. And when an issue or a struggle or a devil rises up against you, I got news for you. That rises up the hair if there is hair on the back of the neck of the Lord. That just makes him realize, whoa, that devil's forgot his place. That devil's forgot whose they belong to. That devil thinks, I'm gonna let this go. You see, long before sin, the Lord had already worked out our salvation. Through Jesus' interceding and his suffering and his dying in man's place on Calvary and purchasing our redemption with his blood and bringing salvation to falling man and delivering our souls from death and torment and going himself to hell and taking the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He then has adopted us into his kingdom. That's why we can, the Bible says, call him Abba, Father, which means Father, 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 my Father. And we can understand one of these days he's gonna bring us home and we're going to walk on streets of gold. You're not just somebody. You're not just a nobody. You are a child of God. advice today is I wouldn't wait to see heaven in order to rejoice well when I get to heaven I'm going to shout you're, you're missing half the fun I mean that's like going to Dairy Queen and only getting chicken nuggets I learned the beauty of that with my kids. Dad, let's go to Dairy Queen. My four-year-old now understands that. Daddy, let's go Dairy Queen. How can you refuse that? And then we go to Dairy Queen and ask him, well, what would you like? Yicken, yicken, 
That's chicken. I want yicken. Yicken nuggets. But he don't stop there. He gets the chicken strips or nuggets. And then it's always ice cream. Ice cream. I am convinced too many people, spiritually speaking, are going to Dairy Queen. And all you're getting is chicken nuggets. You're not even enjoying what they're popular for. You're not even enjoying what they're famous for. Can I just tell somebody? They are famous for their blizzards. Their banana splits are phenomenal. Don't you dare stop at a chicken nugget. Enjoy the whole menu. As a child of God, can I just tell somebody, he's more than just a Sunday Savior. He's a Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday, Saturday Savior. Enjoy him all the day long. Well, had somebody tell me one time, they said, well, you know, Brother Meeks, I'm not an emotional person. I said, nope, don't tell me that. You know, every race car driver on NASCAR. You know, every, every opening of deer season. I said, you just need to get excited about Jesus. Hey, I love NASCAR. I love deer season. I love fishing. In fact, I, again, I come from Alabama. There are no uh, deer tags. Did you know in Alabama, you don't need a deer tag? You don't even have a limit. You want to kill 18 deer in one day, you can do it. My family, in fact, there, there was a few of us. Uh, we went on the deer lease, and in one day, we killed 17 deer. Come on, somebody. That's just flat out awesome right there. We can't live beneath the privileges that God has for us and understand why we go through what we go through. Well, maybe the enemy is attacking you because he knows better than you do what you have at your fingertips and he is so afraid oh God don't let her start speaking the name of Jesus Lord don't let her start praying for her family Oh, Lord, do not let him, please don't let him start claiming miracles and blessings and victories. Do not let this happen. Because you know what happens? God, the Bible says, will make a way where there is no way. Our God took great delight in you and I long before Anything began. It's, it's even been said that, that you, you know, when you talk about Job in the Bible, now you're going to have to let me know what the time frame is. Uh, how much? How much time do I have? Come on. 
It's been said that some think Job in the Bible, his entire life was one big trial. Because that's all we know about Job. Oh, he suffered. He lost everything. It's bad. Well, some theologians declare that Job's entire trial only lasted about six months. Because he never mentions years. He only mentions days and months when he speaks of his afflictions. But you see, most people think all of Job's trials and afflictions span his entire life. Because it's so easy to allow what we see or hear or feel to overwhelm us and consume our emotions. Somebody hear me in this adult class today. After every miracle and supernatural blessing God wrought among his people, manna from heaven, quail from heaven, water from a rock, clothes that never got older, they outgrew. Never an enemy was better than them. Led by a pillar of fire by night and a heavenly cloud by day. Yet somehow, for 40 years, they were lost wandering in the wilderness by Israel. Or Israel was, was, was lost for 40 years wandering in this wilderness. Simply because men spoke. For multiplied millions of anointed children of God. They let a few men that had zero faith. Override every miracle, every promise, every prophecy, even what they, after 40 days in the promised land, were able to bring back. All they knew was, oh, but there's giants in the land. And read it for yourself. The Bible says, and we were as grasshoppers in our own sight. They viewed themselves as inadequate because they based everything on what they seen. 60 seconds of babble from faithless men. Millions of people followed. There is power in the spoken word. I wonder what will happen. And I feel this in the Holy Ghost. If we go from this place today, and I know we're fixing to transition, and we're, we're going to go from teaching into to worship. But I wonder what would happen if the rest of this week we mindfully become aware of what we speak. I speak faith, I speak victory. I speak healing. I speak revival. I speak deliverance. I wonder what would happen in Terrell, Texas if this entire church just practiced this week. Every word that's going to come out of our mouth, you talk about red alerts going off in hell. My God, Life Point Church is turning all of our plans upside down because they're speaking faith. 
Hear me today. You are living the life of Riley. Whether you realize it or whether you don't. Stand to our feet today. I close with this. Did you know the earth's rotation equals a thousand miles an hour at the equator? We do not feel any of this motion because these speeds are constant. And the speeding and the orbital uh, speeds of earth, they stay the same. So we don't feel any acceleration or deceleration. We'd only feel it if something changes. Let me remind you today, your God is faithful. Your God is consistent. Your God is true to his word. In fact, he said, try me and see. I I know your pastor would say this. I release you to speak some things. I release you to try God. Lord, I'm going to believe you for miracles. Lord, I'm going to believe you for backsliders. Lord, I'm going to believe you for my husband. I'm going to believe you for my wife. I'm going to believe you for my son. I'm going to believe you for my daughter. You're living the life of Riley today. And you can speak faith and release the power of an almighty God. God bless you. Class is dismissed. Whatever you do at this point, be free to do it in Jesus' name.